All right, everybody, what's up? John Hall back with another show for Wealth Legion. Got one of my friends on here today, LaMelody Moore. She's the CEO and founder of More Love Investments. And we're going to hear from her the work that she's doing today and the things that she's involved with. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, John. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, we met through a, through a mutual friend uh, a while back, uh, Kahinda, who's just killing the game uh, in music in Chicago. So give him a shout out. Absolutely. But, yeah, what I, what I just loved about and his you. Wife. He and his wife. And, and his wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta include both for sure. Yeah. For sure. Summertime breeze. You guys gotta That's check that one out and, and Sunday dinner. Oh yes. And so, yeah, I'm just thankful for that connection um, because I love seeing people that are entrepreneurs that are going out and really making an impact on people. And I mean, I know I'm one of the type of folks that really doesn't sleep too often. I'm just always working, trying to work on a project or my mind just really never shuts down. I and we were know. going back and forth for like what, one, two o'clock in the morning one time, probably later than that. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I just know you're working on such tremendous things and that's why I wanted to have you on the show today uh, to really just talk about your, your business and, you know, exactly what you do and to give people a, an idea of maybe how it could be for them as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think that'd be a good start. So okay. uh, more, more love investments, Tell me, tell me exactly what you, what you do. Okay. More love investments started off originally just focused on real estate investing, showing people how to get started, how to uh, get rentals, how to flip properties for a profit, anywhere from 30,000 up to 60,000 per flip. From there, it has grown and it's grown because the other investment instruments and tools that I'm using, I want to also share those with others. And so now I'm doing things, speaking on cryptocurrency, e-commerce, stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, and things like that. So the, the services and products have grown from real estate to just a multitude of different investment tools for people with the purpose of helping people build generational wealth. So you all hear me say and post all the time, it's about building wealth, y'all. And yes. that's really what it's about because it is the... Uh, it's kind of like a uh, 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 do-all pill, if you will, that will solve a lot of problems. If we think about a number of the issues that we have, both as a people, as a, as, as a country, a lot of them can be solved with having access to capital, uh, financial and economic a strong base. So that's my piece and my, my passion is helping people build generational wealth and showing them how to do that. And that came from my first passion, my first love, and that was being an educator. I'm a former principal, high school principal. Before that, I taught mathematics, physics, engineering, computer science. So my background is in mathematics and engineering. Wow. So that's, that's, that's my, my love there. So that's how More Love Investments came about. I retired from being a high school principal at the age of 41, living off of my rental income and other investments. Mm -hmm. And then someone was like, hey, can you show me how to do it? And that's how it turned into a business. I love that. Yes. Thank I you. I love that. So have you always kind of had the entrepreneur mind? Is there anyone that directed you in that path? Or have you just decided one day, you know, 
I, I believe I can do this. And I'm just going to go for it. I didn't always have the entrepreneurial mind. I always had the wealth mind. Right. And I used to mistakenly call it rich. <laughs> so right. I knew growing up, I was kind of the person that learned from what I didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. And so I saw things in my neighborhood, in my community that I didn't want. So I didn't really know what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want. And so running away from the lifestyle that I didn't want to have pushed me towards a lifestyle that would say, hey, this is more like it. And so, no, I did not have always had the entrepreneur uh, spirit because I didn't even know what that was really. Mm -hmm. It never crossed my mind as a young person that my mom was paying rent and that the landlord was making a profit off of that. I mm -hmm. never put that together. Right. And so it wasn't until I got older, I went away to Michigan State University started studying outside of the university, reading books and things on my own, first knowing about my own history and then learning about my history. It's like, okay, well, why are we in this position that we're in as a people? And that's what led me to the wealth piece. And, you know, from there, like I said, from a teacher making $40,000 a year as a teacher, I started saving, making sacrifices, doing very well at work, also getting promotions. But when I would get promotions, I didn't increase my expenses, I increased my savings. And then I started buying distressed condos on the south side of Chicago for five or $10,000 that I can do cash because I saved my money. Wow. Fixing them up, renting them out. The rent income is coming in because I have no mortgage on. So I'm making seven or $800 a pop in profit per condo and just kind of took it one piece at a time. So how can other people do that? It doesn't matter. You can work at McDonald's. Yes. And build wealth. Yes. It's not about how much you make. I said I started off with 40000 People think, oh, you were a principal. You were making good money. That was at the end. I started off making thirty dollars to $40,000. So like I said, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you save versus mm -hmm. how much you spend. Right. That's the difference on how you build wealth and as i said you can do it with a mcdonald's job and good choices yep it's not not all about going out and getting another 300 hundred dollar pair of shoes every time you get a paycheck right <laughs> absolutely I, I talk a lot about that in yeah my platform but it's all that it's also not the bougie person uber uber black everywhere or uber period mm -hmm. you know and what it is that you're buying out those small things add up it's not also, yeah, the $300 shoes are one thing, but it's also not going out and getting the um, bins because you feel like you need to treat yourself because you just got your degree. You got yes. your degree plus 80000 in student loans, so you, don't, you really don't deserve anything. Yes. Because you wouldn't have that 80000 in student loans if your grades were on point and you got a scholarship. But I'll be quiet. <laughs> so we're talking about what we deserve, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So it's about making good choices. That's mm. what it's, it's about, making good choices. I'm glad you brought that up. Last night, I uh, had a good buddy of mine. He, he posted a, it was a, a Corvette, like a $50,000 Corvette that they had some kind of special body design on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it kind of like had like a Ferrari body on the mm -hmm. Corvette. And yeah. so, you know, some friends of his were chiming on in on it on Facebook. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, nice looking car, right? but there's nothing about any kind of car that's a that's an asset right so i uh i went on to zillow and i found a fifty thousand dollar home in detroit 
And I did a post and I said, you know, nice car, but you know, this is a better option for you yep. because you could buy this home, own this home, and now own an asset right. instead of a liability. And so then some other folks started hopping on and I don't deal with the trolls. I mean, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I know my worth of my time. So why would I give a troll even five seconds or a exactly. comment? Right? right. So right. then people started chiming in saying, you know, who, who want to live in Detroit? You know, uh, this car is awesome. They're missing the point. The car is awesome. But yeah. I would much rather not live in Detroit, own the home, collect right. the rent, and then stack the rent over and over for months and then buy the car if I want the car, okay. if I wanted to do that. Exactly. I'd much rather have an asset exactly. versus something that's literally just sitting in my garage yeah. that is going down in value every day, no matter how it makes you feel to drive. And so no reason that I was going to spend the time to try to educate someone that already doesn't know. Right. And probably know. doesn't want to know. Correct. So, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, I wasn't going to be like, well, you know, you really need to read my stuff. <laughs> but you know it's just like hey exactly. if, if you think the car is such a good deal go get it and go get it for you. you know that's that you're right but no yeah we just just kind of had a conversation yesterday with a yes with a buddy about that mm -hmm. so i would i would ask you this so someone let's say they never owned a home before you know and they, and they hear you know hey you could be a real estate investor and, you know i would assume that most people think, you know, based on how much they make, you know, let's say they make like 40,000, right? Mm -hmm. That that's something that is not achievable for them. You know, how, how, how can I do that? You know, I, I heard I need 20% down or, you know, seems like buying a home is just not possible for me. How, how would you show someone how to kind of get started like, like you did, that doesn't even think is a possibility for them. So let's take that exact example. Say we have a person that makes 40000 a year. Yep. And we have to put some other assumptions in there. That mm -hmm. that 40000 a year that they're able to live off of it in an average way. Mm -hmm. Meaning that they're not living almost negative paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. So they pay their rent on time. They can afford their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and afford to put even a couple of hundred dollars for 500, even if it's $200 a month in savings, because they can probably squeeze more. Mm -hmm. So let's say that they're able to do that. Let's stick with a low number, 200. Right. They're going to pay all of their bills and put $200 a month in saving. They're on their job for two years. So that means after two years, they can have almost $5,000 saved on their job, making 40,000, even if they get a 3% raise each time, now they're almost at 44,000 after two years. And two years go by quickly. Yes. So they're almost at 44,000 with almost 5,000 in the bank. Next mm -hmm. thing I would say is your credit. Even if the credit is 620, I don't even have to go crazy like, oh, the 700 club, blah, blah, blah. 620. Okay. They can get a loan and they can go two routes. They can do it as a single family home where maybe they don't want to be an investor right now. They just want a home. Right. They can qualify for a loan. The amount yeah, will, right. The amount is going to be, it's not going to be a $300,000 home. Right. They can qualify, possibly even get a first time home by a credit. 
and that varies by state to state or whatever it is. It can be anywhere from 5,000 to 15,000. All right. You can ask the seller to give them closing cost credits. So they, they now even have to put down even a smaller amount or no amount. So now if they qualify for an FHA loan and they have these credits as first time home buyers, that 5,000, they probably don't even have to use it. Wow. So now that means that they can use that 5,000 they have saved as an emergency fund, or if they don't have furniture or they need new stuff in the home, they can have that without putting it on a credit card. Mm. Okay. So it's possible to do that. That's one way. Now let's say instead that they want to make an even better choice and be an investor. Mm -hmm. And this can be Chicago. It can be Detroit. People saying they don't want to live in Detroit. I'll live anywhere. Yes. I'm on the south side of Chicago where three homes down. My address ends in 13, a couple of homes down ends in 25. We're that close to each other. Just mm. a double homicide. Wow. So I live on a rough block. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter to me because I live in a four unit home yes. that I live in one unit, rent the other units out. That's bringing in an income. And I did that for a number of years before converting it to my own, as I call it, my hood palace. Okay. So now let's say that they want to do what I did. Mm -hmm. What I did was instead of going for the single family home, my first property was a four unit. Okay. I was close to that $40,000 figure. But here's what happens when you buy a multi-unit. Not only do they include your $40,000 as part of the income, they include up to 70% of the rent. Wow. So if I'm living in one unit and I'm renting the other three units out, let's say $4,000 a piece, 70% of 3,000 means that they're going to include an additional $2,100 per month. Mm -hmm. That's an additional 21 to, uh, that's an additional 25,000. So now your income isn't 40,000 a year, it's 65,000 a year. Hope y'all are taking notes. Qualify for a larger loan amount. Mm -hmm. That's how wealthy people will be well because now you have that income and the rental income that's coming in, that's going to pay your mortgage and probably even give you something left over. Wow. So now you have this passive income coming in. Your, your expenses are cut down because you're not even paying rent now. Mm -hmm. And what do you do with that? You keep increasing your savings. So now instead of saving $200 per month, you're saving $1,200 per month. Right. Now at the end of the year, you have over 14,000. Now you do that for the next two years. Now you're at 28,000 and you're still working your job. And when you file your taxes and you get your raises and things like that, you're going to save that too. So now after two years, you're not even at 24,000, you're at 30,000 in the bank. Mm -hmm. Now you want to go qualify for a flip and do a rehab loan. And you're going to use the equity in your home. You're going to use the income that's coming in. And you got 30000 in the bank. And you've been contributing money to your 401k or your Roth IRA or just your traditional IRA. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That's oh, yeah. how you build wealth. Yes. And you can get started with doing that on a $40,000 a year job if you make good choices. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really appreciate you breaking that down because... Uh, a lot of the work that I'm doing is around financial education and it's really starting 
I mean, I, I start from the, the bottom. So I, I have the assumption that the average person is going to have debt. So I start just okay. educating them on how to pay debt back, how to pay debt off, how to build a budget. I start from nothing and, and go up. And so I really just want those people to understand that you are just as close to making that decision that this is the path that you want to go, that this is what you want to achieve for yourself and, and then just doing it. So you heard the, the roadmap uh, of two ways that you can, that you can get in the game for yourself Absolutely. and actually own a, own a piece of property, which is, which is the American dream. So Absolutely. don't let anybody tell you that that is not alive and well. Yes. So thank you for breaking that down. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously you're extremely knowledgeable. I mean, you're living it, you know, every day in, in the work that you're doing. And so I can only imagine that you've got a lot of people that would like to, you know, know the, the ins and outs or even work more closely with you. And so that's exactly what you do at Moral Love Investments, right? You have people that come to you one-on-one uh, -on -one or, you know, husband and wife, and, you know, you personally mentor them. Yes, personally. I do this. Yes, and I have it for pretty much whatever your budget is because we have different needs, right? Mm -hmm. so if you're coming to me and you say you want to be a real estate investor and I say, what's your credit? Oh, I'm working on my credit. My credit is not good. How much mm -hmm. do you have saved? Well, I have $1,000. There's absolutely nothing that I'm able to do for you right now. Okay. So what I can do instead, instead of saying, hey, here's my $6,000 coaching package, right? Mm -hmm. What I can instead do is say, you might want to schedule a 30 minute or one hour phone consultation for me that it costs you anywhere from 150 to 300 dollars okay that's doable if you're serious right okay if you're serious because then i can give you a roadmap and a plan on what to do and i have people that have done that that is taking them a year maybe two years mm -hmm. i have a guy shannon that called me back the other day i've been working with him for two years yes right and so understand, I don't do the whole get rich quick thing. Your, your, your website is called Wealth Legion, not Rich, rich Legion. Right. Right. <laughs> so it takes time, effort, and energy to build wealth. We don't do this get rich quick stuff. I can't make you, you know, oh, you're going to make $50,000 a month overnight. Right. So now, if you're at a point where you have solid credit, you've been contributing to retirement, you have some stuff going on and you want to flip real estate, then yes, I'll offer you my $6,000 co coaching package. But it all depends on where you're at. Mm -hmm. Your mindset is extremely important. You need to understand the importance of investing in yourself. You're not buying anything. You're investing in yourself. Yes. And you're also respecting me as an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So if I spend, I'm going, to my, I'm going to Detroit Thursday of next week. Then Friday, I'm going to Miami for the weekend. So I've had to pay for travel, pay for hotels, pay for the registration for the conferences. And I'm going to bring a whole bunch of knowledge, right? Yes. It may cost me a couple of thousand dollars to do that. Why would anyone have the audacity to want me to give them that information for free? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? So not only are you getting what I've gotten at that conference, but you're getting 20 plus years of information and knowledge that I've had and had to pay for. You're getting the books that I read. You're getting the mentors and the connections that I've, I've made. So mm -hmm. I like working with people that understand and respect 
the whole idea of wealth and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So it. even if you're making $20 an hour, mm-hmm. you're not inboxing me or inboxing you, John, and wanting you're, you're, you're a financial genius, right? You had to put in a lot of time and work to learn what it is that you learn. A lot of sacrifices that you may not speak about to get to where you're at. Mm -hmm. It would be disrespectful for someone to want your time for free when you had to pay for every minute of what you got. Agree. People that are into finance and business and people like, oh, stuff is a scam, we'll pay for a degree. So (laughs) the same way we'll pay for a degree, we should want to pay for entrepreneurs that have done this work as well. We're no different than a professor that has gone, read books, took courses, and then coming back teaching. Right. Well, actually, I'd say we're kind of a step beyond that because a lot of these people that are teaching business courses in college have never owned a business. So (laughs) that's just the truth. Right. So So. those are the type, like I said, so it doesn't matter what you're you're making. Mm -hmm. I don't sell you anything that A, you can't afford, and B, you can't use. Right. Awesome. (laughs) So if you can't afford it, it's going to knock out. And if you... If you're not interested in real estate, and I'm not going to sell you real estate. If you call me one cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. then when I put that course out, I'm going to say, hey, buy the three or $400 cryptocurrency. I'm not going to try to sell you the $6,000 coaching model because that's not what you want. And yeah. if you don't even have $10 in your account, I'm going to tell you, don't even call me back. You can't even afford a consultant right now. Mm-hmm. Call me back when you can afford what you, you know, so I don't just, hey, you got to get it. Well, you know, can't you come up with $200? Call you. I, I, I don't do that. There's, there's levels to this whole thing. So Absolutely. I'd be starting off with saving that money just to get that consultation fee to get that roadmap so you can get them on their way. So Absolutely. everybody's so that's commitment, right? If I say, hey, why don't you take three months and save some money and do a consultation? If they do that, that's they're that shows they're ready. Yep, exactly. Yes, have what so, it takes. I'm glad you said that. That kind of ties into another question I had for you. So what would you consider to be your ideal client? So, you know, if you, if you had someone inbox you right now or they showed up to your office and they, you know, they said, Hey, Melody, I'm, I'm ready. What would you be looking for? I know, I know you mentioned kind of mindset. I know you mentioned a certain level of savings or, or credit, but what, what ideal client would you, would you say is out there for you? Just, case that person is tuning in yeah so first and foremost a clear understanding of what they're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. what their goals are so okay. i'll have people that reach out to me and say they want to be in real estate well what does that mean in real estate as an appraiser in real estate as an inspector in real estate as an agent or in real estate as an investor like what i am mm-hmm. and a lot of times they're talking about a real estate agent hmm. okay that's not that's not my specialty Right. So I can't help you with that. So I don't want to waste time on that type of thing. So the first two things, step number one is to be clear on what it is that you want. And number two, be clear on what it is that I have to offer. At least if you're clear on what you want, I can let you know if I offer that or not. Right. That's first and foremost. The next thing is if you're clear on what you want and you say to me, I want to open up an e-commerce store. Mm-hmm then I can say to you, hey, you can jump on Google right now and you can start learning all of this for free. Just investing the time, Google, YouTube, doing all of that type of stuff. 
watching webinars and things like that. Yes. I'm going to give you the freeway or you can pay for my services to help you do it. I have a course on so on and so forth. Yes. Um, and then if they're serious and they, cause if they reached out to me, that means that they want help. If they're serious, they'll make that investment. If they're not, they'll thank me and go ahead with the, with the free services. Right. So I want, I like working with people that have a clear understanding of what they want. They're serious about accomplishing that goal mm -hmm. and they understand the importance of investing your time and money. Yes. Okay. I'm always paying to learn more information. It can be as little as $24. This little program that I just ordered today, where it's just a little couple of page read, mm -hmm. or it can be something where I'm paying two or $3,000 for a course to learn something that I want to learn but I value people's time and I want to work with people that also value my time. I value the effort that people put into learning something to be able to share it with me. And there's mm -hmm. a cost for that. I agree. Yes. People are going into all kinds of debt for, you know, degrees and then go out and work at Starbucks and don't even use the degree. Absolutely. And they don't hit that university up time that they want a refund. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. Yes. So, um, and I did have one more question. You mentioned something about, uh, let me see what you say. You talked about your ideal client and, man, I lost it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Dude, you, you said something about um, that person coming to you and understanding what you have to offer. Sorry, sorry, I lost that the first no time. Worries. So, what is the best way for someone that hasn't met you yet, you know, mm -hmm. that's not coming as a direct referral from someone like myself that has an understanding of what you do, how would they learn about exactly what you do to have done their homework up front? Would that just be going to your website, uh, moreloveinvestments.com? Excuse me. Even better than my website is following me on Facebook. Okay. So, and you'll put my name to get the spelling correct in, in this but LaMelody Moore, More Love Investments. And if you go to More Love Investments, M-O-O-R-E, my last name, Love Investments, just because we need more love in the world, right? That's why I chose that name. Nice. But um, that's the best way because you also get to know me from a personal level. You see what types of things I'm interested in and you see what it is that I'm doing. And you get a clear understanding of what my purpose is and I speak. Of course, they can also go to the website, More Love Investments. I need to update that because it's just geared towards the real estate end of things right now. Mm -hmm. But always do your research before you, you, you jump into, uh, you know, a pseudo wedding with someone because we're going to be in a relationship and you may not even like me, <laughs> you know, personally, you may not vibe with me. Right. So get a handle on who I am before you even reach out to me. And as, as I said, um, you know, right now through social media, Facebook right now is the best way. Um, to do that. I also have a um, blog out, Nipsey Wealth Model. Yes. I have out. And basically what I did was to study Nipsey for a while. And to be very clear, I posted something, I think it was around February or something like that before Nipsey was killed. So I was on Nipsey for a while, not from his music, but from the investments and things that he was making. Awesome. And so... I studied him for a while and pointed out seven ways in which he worked and the steps he took to build his wealth. So Nipsey wealth model goes over that model, his philosophy 
you know, tells you a little bit about who he, who he was as a man, which is much more than who he was as a musician. Um, and so those, those are a couple of ways there to, you know, get a good idea of who I am. But I can sum it up real, real quickly. My, my purpose and what I'm laser focused on is building up our Black community and informing people about building generational wealth. I love it. And that's, that's important work. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. Thank you. <laughs> and I appreciate it. Yes. So, yeah, we've got so many great like-minded people in the network that are doing this kind of work. Uh, sadly, you just don't hear about them on the news every day. Right. So that's why I'm really excited to just keep doing these shows and just tell yeah, them. And you're you're doing, doing the same thing. I watched a couple of your pieces earlier, John, and the work that you're doing and the two guests um, the story that I heard from Chris, that was a fabulous story out in Augale Gardens and from Oak Brook. So I was able to know the direction and the locations that he was speaking of. And so that really brought that story to life. Thank you. And so there are a lot of people. And then the Congress person that you had from uh, the Pennsylvania area that's on the Baker. Baker. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's the treasurer for the DNC Black Caucus and he's uh, their representative out of Wisconsin. And we, yeah. you know, just kind of met online and just wanted to yes. kind of have that, that kind of talk. So yeah, he's a great guy. And we, and we have to tell a different narrative. So I'm speaking to you, John, and we mentioned three other men just during this podcast. That's four men that gives, that, that's given a completely different narrative than what we hear in the media about our black men. Mm. And so it's important to highlight the work that you all, and, and I tell women this all the time, is that it's... There are many more good men out here than what we classify as bad ones. Mm -hmm. And it all depends on your mindset because I've never dated a, a bad guy. Any guy that I've dated previously, I could still be friends with and cool with. Wow. And so these experiences that women are having with these men, I don't know what the hell this stuff is. <laughs> but, you know, it's all on your perspective and the way in which that you view people but i know that there's a completely different narrative um and i'm just giving the time the proper respect and time that's due to men and i know i'm a black woman i get that but um you know there there is a, a real fight against black men that's out here and i have a ton of great examples of black men i can throw off about 20 names right now <laughs> you thank know. you for saying this uh that's a question in my my book as well so i'll ask you a couple questions from out of there um yeah, we have a question in the book and I'm not going to quote it exactly because I don't have it in front of me, but it's, it's just something in the to, to the tune of, you know, do you, do you lack trust in black men? And then if the answer would be yes, then the follow-up question is, is why? And so just wanted people to, and this isn't for you, I'm just letting you know it's a question in the book. Because mm -hmm. um, I just really think it's interesting. So whether it's a man that's seeing this question or a woman that's seeing this question, you know, understanding the cause for that and yeah, you know yes. what can we do to remedy that and even as you're mentioning just you know having a, having a show like this to be able to point to people that are doing positive things and trying to make change and real impact in the world that's a loaded deep question right yeah yeah <laughs> so what it actually does that question actually tells more about you than it does about the the black man wow <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really excited to have these discussions we've been me and my partner, J.D. Smith of Hipterus, uh, yes. have been having these one-on-one -on -one conversations and 
we will ultimately, once uh, the book launches on the 2nd of August coming up here, have these conversations open more to the public so right. that people can really dive yeah, you gotta in. Yeah, you connect and, me with him and his wife. And his wife's name is again, what's his wife? Char Charlene Reinhardt. Yeah, yes. she just, I, just. I like mentioning people's name and giving people shout outs. That's why I wanted you to do that. But at some point we need to connect with Charlene and her husband as well, so. They're awesome. Yes. So yeah, I'll hit you with one of these questions. Uh, I got a few. And so uh, the first one of our book, it's uh, what limiting beliefs do we hold that prevent us from progressing culturally and socioeconomically? The first thing is um, trust. And we're just so damn scared of everything. <laughs> we're, we're afraid of losing what we don't even have. You can tell a person, hey, I have a $1,000 opportunity. If you do X, Y, and Z, you can make 5000 off of it. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of losing $1,000. $1,000 ain't shit. Like, go for it. Right. You know? And so we're so afraid and so untrusting. And to a certain degree, I can get, I get it. You know, you've been, you've been bamboozled so many times. But we can't be afraid of risks because that's what entrepreneurship is about. That's what investing is about. Okay? 100%. You're taking a risk. And we got to quit being so not trusting of each other. You know, I've never met you before. This is our first time even doing a face-to-face. -face. But before we got on, you was like, hey, come out anytime. I'm in Vegas. You best believe I'm going to come visit you. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, what if he's a serial killer? Well, if he's a serial killer, I'm dead. You know <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty transparent. You know, right. father, I got a daughter. Exactly. Uh, but the know, thing is, is that... You know, yep. we're not, and I'm not saying be stupid about it. I checked out your, your page before speaking with you and I saw what you saw, like, oh, okay, this brother has a woman. He has, I saw you with your daughter, so on and so forth. This looks like a pretty decent guy. You know, I can make good judgments, but I'm trusting of people and, and we're fearful and we don't trust and we, we got to get out of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I just don't live in fear like that. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Yes. <laughs> So no, good, an good answer, good answer. And this one, I really enjoy this question. What hinders the creation of economically successful black communities? Hmm. One is, it's and I don't like, it. it's a lot. One is I don't like to put so many heavy weights on schools, especially mm -hmm. since I come from one and I love teachers, right? Mm -hmm. But we're still teaching our children as if they're about to go work for Henry Ford in a, in, in a plant. Truth. The desks are still structured the same. We're not even teaching about wealth. We're not even teaching about the things that are going to impact our children the most in their lives. Mm -hmm. Why on earth are we still teaching about Shakespeare? Hmm. Why? No one talks like that anymore and no one gives a damn. And it has no relevance in our real lives. Mm -hmm. Geometry. When was the last time, John, you've used geometry? Now, if you're into calls and puts and financial derivatives, you're going to use some higher order mathematics. If you're into dealing with circuitry and different things like that, you may use row echelon form to solve systems of equations, right? You may deal with flux and all different types of physics concepts and finding the derivative of this and blah, blah, blah. But the average person is not using that. Nope. How about a wealth building class? 
that teaches them about interest, that teaches them about their paychecks. You're going to pay 6.2% to this, 1.45% to this, 7.645 total to FICA. Yes. This is the part that you'll get back when you turn this age. Why not go over real life things that they can actually use? Here's mm -hmm. how savings work. But if you're risky, instead of putting the money in savings, maybe you'll put it into an E-Trade or Fidelity account and instead invest on a periodic basis. This is where society is going as a whole. So since society is going, these are the types of things that you may want to look at and invest in. These are the types of things you may want to have a career in. When we were in high school, we had no idea that something called cryptocurrency would be a thing and that you can make a living mining and developing blockchain technology. Right. But had <laughs> we been teaching our children about coding and about the financial world in general, they would be ready for that whether we knew about it or not. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, one of the biggest things that's not happening, we can say to a certain degree families, but you don't know what you don't know. Correct. School systems should continually be adjusting their curriculum and their lessons to deal with a world that we know nothing about. So I should be able to teach you to be successful in the future. And I do that by not limiting you to what I'm teaching you and trying to get you to think a certain way. Mm -hmm. How many mathematics teachers will mark yourself wrong because you didn't solve the problem using the strategy that they told you to use? A lot. That's yeah. not learning. That's regurgitating information. If you come up with a better way, hell, show me. Right. <laughs> right. You know. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Right. So the school system, they're failing our children, they're failing our society greatly by teaching this outdated, antiquated stuff that they're teaching. Instead of a, uh, you know, a certain history class, why don't you do a debate class that's strictly on debating major historical issues or Supreme Court cases? Wow. So now you're learning history in a different interactive way and you're learning how to speak and you're picking up on skills that if you want to be an attorney, you can do that as well. We as opposed to sitting down reading a textbook on history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is, this is good stuff. <laughs> That's the best answer I've heard on this one so far. Uh, thank you. So, I appreciate it. Yes. Appreciate it. And uh, the last one I'll throw out there out of the book, I think it's going to tie really well into uh, the work that you're working on and, and what you were doing yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I'll yes. bring it, I'll bring it all back around. So uh, this question is, why don't we vote for people who have, why do we, <laughs> why do we vote for people who have no record of helping black causes? You know, just creatures of habit, the same way we become, Muslim because our families and communities are Muslim, same way we become Christian because our family grew up Christian, Baptist, what have you. Mm -hmm. The same thing with our political views. Mm -hmm. It is that we vote. I mean, just think about Chicago. You know, for the longest, Chicago has been a hot mess. And hopefully our new mayor, which it already does, seems like Mayor uh, Lightfoot is putting in some changes that are going to be really good. But this city... A lot of our major cities, they've been run by Democrats for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And they're constant plunder. Correct. Not doing very well. Now, on the other hand, Republicans, there are a number of things that I can get with, but I can't get with disrespecting any other people. Right. You don't get to tell me I got to figure out the world for myself. 
and then tell me at the same time who I can sleep with or who <laughs> I can marry. Right. So on one breath, you're leaving me hanging, but then you want to control what it is that I do. So I have reasons to vote for and to not vote for any particular candidate. Mm -hmm. I've picked up one right now for a candidate in Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand All out right. of New York mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. Number one, she's extremely smart. Extremely smart. We need a lot more of that. Exactly. Right. And, and women too. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's a woman. So that matters as well. So it brings certain things, you know, by default, you know, women are more nurturing and that's just what it is, you know, and, and that's fine. And not saying that men aren't, but you know, by nature. So she has those two pieces going on. The other thing is if you recall the situation when she spoke out against the Al Franken situ uh, Al Franken thing, Al Franken is like this superhero in a democratic party, right? Mm -hmm. And she goes for the giant. So for me, that means that she's fearless. Right. She has strength. So I like that in her as well. And any time I've asked her a question on dealing with this black wealth piece, and I've asked her about three times in three different ways, she hits the answer. And not that I have to agree with every single piece, but she's thought about it. She has a plan. And wow. that ties directly out of everyone that I've heard speak her view on that ties more closely than what's m most important for sovereign eye issue in our communities. And I'm talking about over uh, Cory Booker, Kamala mm -hmm. Harris, and these are two black people, right? Right, yeah. And she's low key. Her ratings aren't up there with everyone else. People aren't paying attention to it like Bernie. And people like Bernie, I don't know why. I don't dislike him, but I also don't care. So too many of the things that he's proposing are just unrealistic. So you're going to wipe out all of the student loan debt. First of all, no, you're not. <laughs> Number two, you don't just give like in, in that type of way. Gillibrand yesterday spoke on a, on a different way to do that, mm -hmm. a more gradual way that kind of fits more like the GI Bill type thing. That also, because then what you're asking is you, you wanted something for free like that. Right. And, that, and I know that may sound Republican, but at the end of the day, it is. I had to work and pay for my college at Michigan State University. Or I had to make sure that my grades were really good so that I can get a scholarship. Mm -hmm. So I understand that it's ridiculous and something needs to be happening for that. But we all have to play a part in this. And the last piece is that if people recall Bernie Sanders was never for reparations. Right. When he ran the first time, he said no to that, flat out. And I've been against him ever since that. Because mm -hmm. how dare you? Right? Mm -hmm. We've given reparations to all types of people in this country. Sure. From the natives to the Japanese and everyone in between. Yep. We're not the only country that's done it either. And we're not the only country that has done it. And so she's for reparations reparations and she has some great ideas on how to address this wealth gap that uh, people of color are experiencing and you got to spend a day with her yesterday yeah that and that that was my third event with her wow. and and so i'm looking to jump on and help have some say and some molding in coming up with that with that wealth plan so the things that i agree with her on 
far outweigh the things that I may disagree with her on. Mm-hmm. She doesn't come from where I'm from. She probably, you know, have a heart attack if she if she even had to bring her entourage over here on the block that I live in. And all that type of stuff is fine. We all come from different backgrounds, right? Yes. She's white woman. I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our crews look completely different from me. All that stuff doesn't matter. We can have differences. I don't know what her religious beliefs are. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I believe she's married. If she was married to a woman, that doesn't matter to me. What Mm -hmm. I tend to do with politicians, the thing that's most important to what's important for our people, if they have that, then I'm rolling with you on that. Mm -hmm. It's unfair to think that a politician is going to agree with 100% with everything that you do. And like I said, I like a lot of the things that Bernie says, so on and so forth. But I can't get with you if you don't feel like our people are do something back. I, I just can't do that. At this time, I uh, just got a visitor. I'm going to cut real quickly for a commercial break. And we'll be right. right back. Got it. All right. And we're back from our break. So we were just kind of talking about Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and the work that she's doing out there and how you have a, a goal to get to incorporate the, the wealth piece to yes. what yes. she's doing. Yes. And she's and been very receptive to. Um, very. And, and, her, and her, her team is great as well. Mm-hmm. We've reached out to some others that, you know, don't need to say name and not very responsive with getting back. I mean, she's very approachable. And the last piece, what I like about her is that, She's not just stuck in I'm a Democrat zone. Like she's she's done some legislation with, I mean, of all people, Mitch McConnell, right? Oh wow. Right. <laughs> um, something with, <laughs> with, with 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 Rand Paul, and I think one of her latest pieces with Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. and she's won I think maybe sixteen I think of the seats that Trump previously won, mm-hmm. so she can work with blue, red, or purple. And I like that because with all of this conflict and this fight and animosity that we have going on, like we need to be able to recognize the things that we have more in common with instead of fighting over those things that we don't agree on. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish that people that were running things were thinking more from that perspective. Yeah. You know, it's just so much of this is what I want. If I don't get it, then that kind of ends is over with. Exactly. progress for yeah, everything. Exactly. And exactly. so, and it just seems like it's just getting worse and worse. So those people that know how to cut through all that BS to actually get the job done, I mean, yeah. I got a lot of respect for them. Right. And she actually understands and, and isn't afraid to use terms like institutional racism. Mm-hmm. You can't be in denial about the problems, right? right. And think that you're going to propose a solution. Because then no solution you, work, you, you, you propose will work because you completely ignored the problem and the root cause of what's happening. And so she's able to speak to those things. She gave an example yesterday on Black women going to the doctor and not receiving the same type of attention and respect that someone else would receive when mm-hmm. they give their ailments or what have you. So she's not afraid to speak on those things and to speak on a way that acknowledges the impact that it's having on Black people without making feel, you know, like, oh, this is a black versus white type thing. Right. You know, she understands that that's not what it is, but right is right and wrong is wrong. And yeah. so she's she's one that I haven't been too familiar with. 
other than through you. Yeah. So has she had an opportunity to go on the debate platform or is she? She did go on a debate platform, but with that many people on stage, right. she doesn't get much time. I think she's anticipating maybe getting four minutes at the next debate. That's right. going to happen next week. And that's one minute of an introduction. That's a one minute closing. And maybe two, she may get two questions. Right. So that's not a whole lot of time, but she is doing a lot as far as putting stuff out there on social media. I'm going to do a better job of sharing and speaking on um, why I think that she's a great choice um, for the country and specifically for dealing with this work. My major issue, notice I'm not saying we got to do something with police brutality. We got to do something with this. We got to do something da da da. Because a young brother that has $50,000 cash in the bank, he's just not doing certain things that have gotten him in trouble in the past. Mm -hmm. And we got to understand it. This country respects green over any other color. Correct. It's not white folks are on top or black folks underneath. It's the green dollar that's on top of everything. Mm -hmm. It's true. <laughs> and so we need to have more green. That's, that's what they respect. Jay-Z doesn't get the respect that he gets by being a knucklehead. Right. You know, and on the street. He yep. has that level of respect. They're meeting, uh, who are these people called? British Parliament folks. They're meeting them the other day. Jay-Z. Yeah. They don't meet him if he's just one of my guys out on the street right here. Right. So how did that happen for Jay-Z? Green. Mm -hmm. He has so much green, they don't even give a damn that he's black anymore. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's doing all the right things. I, I love to meet him one day. So yes. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll have to get him on the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'm just really thankful for the work you're doing. Thank uh, you so much. For your time today, uh, just coming on and sharing all that knowledge with the people that are going to be tuning in. Because yes, thank I you think so much, John. You're doing a fantastic thing here. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, I, I just feel like I'm doing what I'm, what I'm called to do. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I just despise and I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like Trump here, <laughs> but one thing I just despise is that, you know, the way that news is put out there in the media, right? Um, there's not, I mean, the, the news, it's just all negative, just all bad stuff, right? They're not um, coming out and saying, hey, these are the good things that are happening. You know, exactly. coming on the news and painting us in a positive light, you know? The reason why so many people are afraid of, you know, somebody that might look like me is because somebody that looks like me is on the news every night. Every night, right. You know, they could be in your neighborhood, right? Exactly. So it's just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really the news, if you will, right? I mean, Wealth Legion, it's, you know, it's a platform for, you know, finance, business, financial education, yes. and personal development. Right. Exactly. But at the same time, if I'm going to put out media, I'm going to put out the stories of people that are from black community that are having a real impact that are doing real stuff. Yes. And even if it's people that do happen to be in politics, I've got no political agenda whatsoever other than to tell the story of good things that are, are happening by people that look like us because the broader story that's being told, it's the opposite. Absolutely. And so there's not enough media outlets that are, are telling these kind of stories. So we had to make up our own. So. And, that, and that's the way to do it, right? 
you don't complain, you deal with it and create a solution. That's mm-hmm. what I look at. I used to have my students say that all the time. We don't complain, we deal with it. Right. So that's, <laughs> so you, that's, you're that's what we're here to do. Exactly. I'm just thankful that our goals are so closely aligned. And yes, yes yeah. they are. Who knows what the future is going to bring, but I'd love to work with you on something down the line. Same and, here. I, I would love to. And when I'm out in Vegas, I'm going to make sure that I check in and oh, yeah. come to Chicago to see your folks. Same thing here. So I really appreciate um, you taking the time and thinking enough of me to want to be on your show. I'm, I'm humbled and honored. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I mean, it's, it's something that people really need to hear about yes. because, I mean, being a minority, you're definitely the minority of the minority. I mean, you're extremely successful entrepreneur, black woman that just going out there and doing it. And so, you know, just like people like, you know, Oprah or, or Jay-Z or you name it, that have paved a way to show people, you know, I'm the first one to, to do this. Yes. You know, or I, I'm, because I was able to achieve this, this is possible. You know, there could be some young lady that's tuning into the podcast next month. And like, you know, I fit the, you know, I make 40 grand a year and I'm all right with my money, but you know what? The melody, she might be a great mentor. You know, somebody told me that, that having a coach would be beneficial and man, you know, I could only imagine if I could own a home, you know, being 25, you know, but I don't have any kids and, you know, I keep my debt low and man, that sounds like that's something that I could do. And yes. so that's the reason why this is important, you yes. know, and you know, if it's CNN or CNBC or Fox or we don't even go there, <laughs> but you know, you're not getting that type of connection, you yes. know, they, they're out for their, their own agenda. Right. Yes. And yeah. my agenda is to help people, you know, elevate from poverty and learn the things that are going to be necessary, not only to be financially, uh, what's the word I'm even looking for, to have everything and more than you would need for your own life, but to get to the level that you're leaving something to the people that come after you. That's the vision that I have for everybody. So uh, we have a lot of work to do. (laughs) But it's great work and it's important work, so. And keep I'm, doing what I'm, you're doing. I continue to look forward to it every day. Well, thank you. And I'm sure it's lunchtime for you over there. I know we've got the, the time difference. All right. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Absolutely. I would love to do it again. Thank All you right. so much. Have a Bye. wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.